Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Hopefully you saw at the very beginning the picture of the board. We did a lot of setting up so that you could see it. (laughs) There's a reason that we're decorated like this. We're in our second week of the Psalms right now. Did I say this was Don't Miss This and all that kind of stuff at the beginning? I can't remember, but it is, just so you know. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Um, We're in the second week of the Psalms. We're studying the Psalms for three different weeks. And we talked about last week. The book of the Psalms is sort of like a mini Bible that it covers all the themes of God's story and reminds people of his character and who he is and then invites you to experience him in different ways through praise and thanksgiving, through wisdom, through trusting, through lamenting and hoping and and all of those things. So um, those themes scatter throughout the entire book of Psalms. In fact, for our, our timeline this week, we're putting up some of those themes of the Psalms. Um, they go over here in this section right here, right next to King David, since over 70 were attributed to him. And we have some of the themes of the Psalms that were on the tip in that you can put here. You can really put whatever you want in these boxes, but these are the ones we're doing this week. This theme of Zion, we have... Remember, this this book was written during the time of, or compiled during the time of the exile when people were hoping for that future Zion, that future messianic king to come. So it's sort of, Zion sort of represents that theme of hope a little bit that's there. Trust, which we did last week, and then lament, which we're going to focus on this week. So those are some of the themes we'll fill in the other themes of the Psalms. Next week, yeah. or last week. On our last week of Psalms. <laughs> so last week we said if you're doing this as a family or as a teacher or something like that at church, that you might want to ask everybody in the class to bring an object that represents that particular theme. Last week we did trust. Those were the verses that we kind of focused on in those Psalms. We're going to focus on the theme of lament this week. And you might Everyone want to do... Everyone thinks right now they don't want to listen. Because who <laughs> wants to lament? No one. It's good. Listen, <laughs> we did say this last week also that the Psalms really take you through sort of the emotions that the soul like needs to feel and experience, right? Yep. And it, like, and it gives you permission to feel... Sorrow, and I. One of the things I love about having permission to feel sorrow. Or you could say sorrow. heartfeltness. Okay. Is that like a? <laughs> is that better? Um, one of the reasons why I like that is that I love that God leans into the hard with us. That yeah. He acknowledges that hard things are going to happen, and He gives us permission to um, weep and to work those things through, and that He's going to be there with us in those moments, even though I am only love the happy ending stories, personality. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love that he gives us permission to lament. Which, and I think it's, it would be important to not do either or, right? So we, we're focusing kind of on this theme right now because it's one of the important themes of Psalms. 
but these themes are scattered throughout, mm. much like a life is, yes. right? That you can, a soul can experience hope and lament in the same season, right? A soul can trust and praise in the same season. Yes. Well, those seem more like companion emotions, but um, that that these are all things that like, I just think it's important mm. that we don't um, disregard the importance of lamenting yes we have a society that wants to right where we want to say mm-hmm. like oh if someone's crying our question usually is like well what's wrong, what's wrong? let me fix yeah. it like there must be something wrong you know and it's just like or what if like we embrace the fact that like oh that's an important emotion to to feel is that feeling of lament and lots of reasons mm-hmm. for it and the psalms kind of seem to cover a lot of those so if you missed last week um, we gave a suggestion that you might want to, for the first time in your life, maybe read the whole book of Psalms. Yeah. And you would need to do four to five pages a day through the month of, through the three weeks of August or spread them out over a month to like cover the whole book of, of Psalms. And we have the daily reading. You have to go back to the very beginning or, yeah, or you can just move. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you would have to read each day. We divided it into six parts. So you have a day to catch up or to spread out a little bit or to write your own psalm of lament. What we did last week is we took a one line from each of the sections and kind of compiled it all together to almost like, this is sort of the my summary of of, of that section of psalms. Yeah, of trusting. For, yeah, yeah. Of, of trusting, and this week of lamenting, you know, um, as you go through. So that's what we're going to do is in these six sections, kind of share, hey, here are a couple of the one-liners that we really love. Um, from those particular sections. And I think um, as we think about going through these sections and as we're learning about those ups and downs of life, the, the sorrow and then also rising above that sorrow, I love as you go through the Psalms because they kind of do that where you'll feel a, a really heavy Psalm and then you'll feel that light come again. And I like how you talked about that's true in our own life. I can remember one of the darkest times in my life um, was right after my son Josh had been diagnosed with diabetes and he was three years old and it was so hard. It was such a hard um, time of life for me. Just learning to walk through a life I actually didn't want was really hard. And I think it was the first time in my life I had really come face to face with um, a valley that was not going to go away. Like we were going to walk that valley for the rest of our life. Um, Other things had come and gone and and I'd been able to rise above, but this one was like not going away. And some of you may have something like that too, where you're like, even if I become accustomed to this, I will carry it for the rest of my life. I will carry this. This is now part of who we are and what we do. That was really hard for me. And I went into a really dark place trying to figure out how do I navigate now what this life looks like. And especially because um, with diabetes, it required so much of me caretaking over Josh in a way that he did not want to be taken care of. He didn't want shots. He didn't want to be poked. There were times when he didn't want to eat, but his blood sugar was so low he had to. It wasn't an option. And so he lost a lot of control over his life and it felt like I 
got all the control over his life, which made for a really hard like mother-son relationship. And I got to this place where I thought, I'm, I may never be happy again mm. for the rest of my life. And um, all of the things that were felt whimsical and light and happy about life were no longer part of our life because everything was so structured of how to care for this child. And I can remember one day getting out my patriarchal blessing and thinking, um, for sure in all of my years, my 26 years, this was the hardest thing I had faced for sure. And that God would have not meant for me to walk it alone by myself. He, he must have given me something that would help me. And I can remember pulling out my patriarchal blessing and there was a line in there. There's actually two back to back. And the first one said, have an optimistic approach to the life that is yours. And the second one said, feel good about things. And when I read them, I was like, hmm. I actually don't right now. I don't have an optimistic approach to being the mom of a diabetic child. And I don't feel good about things every day. I feel nervous. I feel anxious. I worry. I'm not sleeping. I'm carrying this heavy burden. And so I wrote those two words down. I thought, this is probably what he would tell me right now is, how can you find optimism in this life you didn't choose, that you didn't want? How do you find optimism there? And so that is where I started. And I had this neighbor in the olden days, these baskets, <laughs> anyone who's as old as me will know about these in baskets. The times. In the ancient times. Have you ever seen one of these before? Um, That's because you're not as old as me. No. Okay. I mean, I feel like Dorothy had that. I don't even Wizard want to tell Oz. you how much this basket costs, but in the olden days when Josh Berry first got diagnosed with diabetes, these were really big and you would go to house parties and people would sell these darling baskets. <laughs> Everyone wanted one. Now who even knows what happened to them? But I got invited to a house party and I did not have enough money to buy a darling basket to put my casseroles in to take to people's houses for dinner because all my money was going towards diabetes supplies. But there was this little tiny basket in the corner. You could pick your own fabrics, that's how it worked. And um, It's like Build-A-Bear. Yeah, that's how it was. Build-A-Basket. I bought this little tiny basket and I put Josh's tester and all of his shots and his insulin in this basket and I thought to myself, I hate everything about those things but I love this little basket so much. <laughs> and so every day when I reach in and get that stuff out, I will be thinking to myself, I'm gonna be optimistic about the that life is that is mine. And now you guys, everyone else who bought one of these probably three years in the garbage, but this travels with me all through my life because this was the only happy part of my life mm -hmm. in those days was this little basket that I would pull out and I would be like, at least this is cute. At least this part of diabetes is cute <laughs> and I feel good about this, right? Even if I don't feel good about anything else. And that is one of the things I loved as I was reading through these Psalms, um, particularly the ones that cause you to lament, that talk about the reality of life, the hard things, the, the things you didn't choose and that you didn't want. Is sprinkled all throughout here. There are those little things that are just here let me find help you find happiness in this piece of the journey right now and let me help you find hope in this piece of the journey and I love um, 
I love that part just as we start out even right at the very beginning of this. And he's going to talk about um, he, um, in verse 8 of Psalm 51. We'll go back. There's actually one that matches so good to your okay, story. And then this one. I was like, and then oh, this is going to oh, be a really match good match good too. too. So we both get to have a match. You say the first well, one, I'll say the second one. Well, just your story. In the, and back in 50, um, verse 3, it says, Our God shall come. And mm. no one no one needs that word of encouragement unless they feel that he's not there. Right? Does that make yes. sense? Like you don't say to somebody like, hope will come in the morning unless it's night. Right? But there's a, pro- our, our God shall come. And then this line, and shall not keep silence. Mm. And that's what I thought of when you said that part about that you thought, well, certainly he had something he wanted to say. Yes, you know, that's about so this good. particular time in my life. And, and I think that's that's really neat that like one, that concept of, oh, he will come um, and he won't keep silent. He's, he's going to have something to say about this. And however yeah. that message is delivered, um, it's going to be delivered. Yes, I love that. And I love when he says in 51 verse 8, um, he says, make me to hear joy and gladness. And I love that too because sometimes we, our life doesn't allow us to see the joy and right, the gladness. Right. It just, it's too hard. It's too heavy. And I love that plea of just make me to hear joy and to see gladness, even in the hard part that I'm going through, whatever it is. It, it, maybe it's this little basket um, that you just carry with you everywhere you go, but um, allowing him to help you to hear joy. And to see gladness, even when things are really, really heavy, I think is a beautiful thought. Yeah. And and I just was just, this just keeps kind of bouncing around my head, the whole concept and idea of this idea of lamenting is really just, it's an expression. Like mm. this is, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. There's so many spots in here where it, where the psalmist says like, you seem to have abandoned me. You seem to, you know, yeah. and and I think that's important to like speak that you know mm-hmm. to let that come out of you and to say like to god and not feel like you're a complainer you yeah. know what i mean but to just say like this is where my heart is mm-hmm. this is really heavy and and hard about it and i think that's important that psalm 51 in that first mm-hmm. section is actually david if you look in the heading of it it's a it's kind of after the issue with bathsheba you know and uriah and you get a peek into david's heart with what he's feeling about what he's done. And, and it's a, it, that kind of lament is coming from this place of, of godly sorrow where he's just, it starts out, have mercy upon me and blot out my transgressions. You know, there's something really purging. Um, I even feel like that word shows up in this Psalm. Yeah. in verse seven about confession, mm-hmm. you know, for, and to plead for forgiveness, to plead, to like, you know, find relief, you know, from that. And I love these words that he says in starting in verse 10, create in me a clean heart. I love that he acknowledges that's the work of God. Will you, Mm. I want a clean heart. Will you create that in me? Will you renew a right spirit within me? Clearly, something is off in my heart and spirit that I would have done something like that. So will you fix the very source of it? Will you change mm. the the heart that's in me? And 12, 
restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And I, I think those words are such beautiful confession words, create, renew, um, and restore. Yeah, I love those so much too. Um, we love as you get into, well, coming off of that 55-2 where it just talks about cast your burden upon the Lord. And I love that thought of just sharing that burden with Him um, as it was really full circle for me to have Maria, my daughter-in-law, um, have her own baby diagnosed with a health condition that, that now they will walk that broken road for the rest of their life. And um, the Spirit prompting me to be there on um, the day that diagnosis was going to come and to be able to then walk that with her and see her walk through that and that thought about cast your burden upon the Lord. I can remember about a year into it, um, she had called to ask me about Matthew 11 and um, those verses at the very end about take my yoke mm. upon you and walk with me. And I remember finding that scripture myself about a year in and it was so sweet for me as a mom to see her in the scriptures and trying to find a way to lighten that burden and feel drawn to those exact same verses I had been drawn to many years before and, and just to watch that we can actually, when no one around us is strong enough to carry the weight or the burden that we carry, He is strong enough and He will bear that burden with us. And I love that invitation, just cast that burden upon the Lord, let Him help you carry it. And um, she had said to me um, that first year, I wish there was a painting of this with a mom and a child struggling through something hard. And um, how sweet that just recently Eva Timothy created a painting for Maria to represent that. And when I first saw it, it just took my breath away thinking that is what I imagined all those late nights of mm. what does it look like to cast your burden and, and to share that burden. And one of the sweetest parts of that painting is um, Jesus holding the yoke with one hand, but strengthening the arm of that mother to be able to hold the yoke with her other hand was just um, sweet to think about how we can do, we really can cast our burdens upon him. And I love uh, what we learn about that. Well, and I, I'm just, this is really intriguing to me, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> but it seems like you called it an invitation, which I think is really interesting. Uh, like, and it is. Like he's saying, the psalmist is saying, cast your burden onto the Lord. Like you're carrying it alone, and now I'm inviting you to cast it on to Him. And I like, what advice would you give to someone and how do they do that? Like, how do they mm. actually like now say, okay, here, here is, here's the, here's the burden. Does that make sense? That yes. question makes sense? Like, yeah, it I don't does. know, what would you yes, say to somebody? Yes, because I think that is so true. And, I, and this is what I believe for each of us. There will come a time when the burden is too much. And I think our human nature is to carry it as long as we can by ourselves. I think that is our yeah, nature. Yeah, I think so. And, and even if it is damaging us in some way, we will carry that burden by ourselves. And there will come a time 
where it will be too much. There will come a time when it is too heavy, where you can feel that you're being crushed underneath the weight of that thing. And for me in my life, that is when the study of grace began. Mm. That is when I turned to the scriptures to figure out how do I let the Lord into this hard thing with me and walk through that with me. And um, for me, because I'm a visual learner and I, I needed to see how it was done, it was actually turning to the pages of the New Testament and watching how people actually reached out to the Lord and what that healing looked like for them. And then thinking to myself, could that actually happen for me? And what would that look like Mm. to invite him into that thing? But as I became more proficient in it, after reading about what it looked like and then trying it on my own, it really was developing relationship. It it was praying and saying, this part is too much Mm. for me. Mm. Like, I can't sleep through the night. I am so nervous. What is going to happen if I actually sleep? I need to trust that you are real enough and present enough that you would wake me if I needed to do something. And then trusting when I got woke up in the night, run down the stairs and go into his room and test him and learning to forge that relationship with the Lord of, okay, I hear how the spirit works now. I know what this feels like now, or um, in sharing that burden to sometimes at night, my prayers would be an hour long of offloading what was the pressure mm. at night of this is, these are the parts that are too much. I just, I need to offload it on someone else and, and trusting that he was real, that he was listening, that he knew what was happening. and. What happened for me, and I love that this is a phrase that is really familiar in the Psalms, is a word called tender mercies and you and loving kindness. You're going to see both, tender mercies and loving kindness. I love how many times it says in there that whoever was writing these Psalms started to notice tender mercies and loving kindness, that they just started showing up in life. And I think that's what happens as you really lean into that relationship, all of a sudden strength and comfort and healing and pause are going to come and you're going to be more cognizant that you're like, oh, wait a minute. Mm. Is this from him? I think this is from him. And you'll start living in that relationship. That's what it looks like to be yoked. And I don't know if you even noticed this, but you like kept going back and forth and using the words like lament and trust together. And I was just like, oh, this is just evidence that those two like belong together Mm -hmm. as part of the same experience. And and that offloading, like we we, I think feel bad to complain, you know, and it's like, no, no, this is really important to like express like even though he knows, you know, like sometimes we might be tempted to say like we already knows, you know, that I'm frustrated there's something about yes that and and david actually invite or is it david why i think he wrote every I know you song want, we we do want to make him write every song <laughs> so i don't even know if he writes that that invitation in in 62 i'm i know there's still stuff in the second section 
But let's maybe jump to 62 8 for just a second when he says, Trust in him at all times, mm. you people, and pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And don't forget. Selah. Yeah, right? Selah. Like that, that is such good advice. Trust him and pour out your heart. Like actually audibly express what it is that is a burden, you know, to him. Um, let him be a refuge. You know, you don't have to hide anything from him. Yeah. You don't have to hide frustration. You don't have to hide like mm -hmm. bitterness. You don't have to hide like being overwhelmed. Like you, like you don't have to pretend to be strong in his, let him yes. be a refuge, you know? Yeah. Let it's him be the strength. Good. And I love, and I love when it says Selah at the end that is just like pause in that place. Yes. I can remember when Megan was going through a really, really hard time and there it, it was, there was so much broken. Um, and she went to the bishop for the first time to just sit and talk to him. And he gave her an assignment when she came home. I said to her, well, what is your assignment? And she said, um, he's going to give me one assignment every week. And I said, well, what is your assignment this week? And she said, to pour out mm. for an entire week. That's all he wanted her to do was pour out. And I love the thought of that law. That just yeah. like pause in that, just get it all out, get it all out. And then let's see what we can um, do with that. That's awesome. Um, and it, it kind of makes us go back into that Psalm 56, that one verse in eight. Um, well, let's start in three. I love when it says this, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And I love that thought of this is just what I have learned is when I get to this place, then I have to trust. And in verse eight, it says, thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Mm -hmm. And we just love this thought of um, this, this place for keeping tears. Um, I, I love the thought that there is a book in heaven that people maybe write down those hard things. And in verse 9, when it says, When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. And I just love that. Does he count the tears? And does he write the hard things in a book? Um, I have just been on a church history tour, and one of our favorite things to teach there is Emma. And every time I go on that journey, my heart is so drawn to her heart for some reason. And our good friend Jason Deere wrote a song about Emma that is such a lament. It yeah. is one of the most beautiful laments I have ever heard. But um, there is this one line in there that is so beautiful that just talks about, I'm sure the angels stood in reverence when you prayed. And then it says, how much can one heart take? And I love that thought of angels standing in reverence as they watch you go through those hard things or um, putting tears in a bottle or writing them down in his book that he remembers the hard things that we've been through. And I, I just think there's something so sweet about that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just, every time we say the word mourn, it makes me think of the baptismal covenants in Mosiah to mourn with those mm. who mourn. And it's like, oh, we learn that from him. Like he has shown us 
what it looks like to mourn yes. with those who mourn. Mm-hmm. Um, that third section, 61 through 68, has some, we've already taken a peek at that one, pour out your heart. But I love at the beginning of that chapter, talking about him as a rock and salvation mm-hmm. and defense. And then this line, I shall not be greatly moved. Um, one, it makes me think of, oh, I, I'm not moving from this spot. I'm going to stay in his presence because he's all those things. But also it makes me think I'm not going to be moved from this spot because of how he is a rock and he is salvation and he's a defense. Like nothing can pull me out yeah. of, of being in there because of his strength. Um, and then that line in five, my soul. Don't you like that he's talking to his own soul? Yes. <laughs> Dear soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. And I think a lot of reason that we might complicate our own issues and problems in life is because it doesn't match our expectations. Like I expected life, I expected mm-hmm. a normal um, five-year-old boy who yeah. would run outside and just play and eat fruit snacks whenever, you know, like I expected um, that the marriage would go on forever and ever. I expected this and this. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the advice there that's just like, oh, let your soul wait upon God. Like not the way things are supposed to be, but just on him, on a, yeah. on not outcomes, but on a person. Um, and let your expectation just be um, him. Mm, that's so good. I love in 63 um, when it says, early will I seek you. And I, that has become so true of me. As soon as the hard thing comes, my innate response now is to seek him early Mm. in that thing and because I love in verse 3 when it says because thy loving kindness is better than life and that is such a sweet way of explaining when he shows up that's better than anything I mean there are a lot of things I love in life (laughs) there really are you know peonies I love my yellow jeep um, I love a popsicle at three o'clock in the afternoon on a summer day that is life that those are the good things but I love when he's like, but your loving kindness is b- better than life. Mm. It's, it's even better than any of those good things. And I love that um, in verse 6 it says, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. And I just, how many of us have had those heavy night nights? Watches, you know, the yeah. night watches. And then I love in verse 8 when it says, My soul followeth hard after thee. And I love the thought of that. Um, There's a Christian song that is one of my favorite that says in the chorus, for me to live is Christ. And um, I just, I love that thought about that, that my soul followeth hard after thee. For for me to live is Christ. That's it. And everything else is an aside from that. And I, I love that that's kind of the sentiment that you read there. And I think it's interesting. We both pulled out of, in these chapters, um, lines that were just like, when my heart is overwhelmed or I have come unto deep waters where the floods overflow me, I am weary of crying. I am full of heaviness that you, just as you go through and read these, you feel, um, my soul refuses to be comforted. Um, that you read those times that are hard, hard times for someone, but then to realize that um, those loving kindnesses are going to show up 
even in those hard moments, he will remind us that he's counting the tears and that he's staying up at night with us and that he's um, walking through all of that with us. Yeah, one of those in that in that fourth section in 70, uh, the very beginning verse and last verse, the David claims, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me. Um, verse 5, I'm poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O my God. And, and I just, when I translate it to the phrase, please hurry, mm-hmm. it just hits a little bit differently to me. That just like, oh, those times when you're like, I need help and please hurry. Like, I, I yeah. please come to my to rescue quick, quickly. It's interesting that this book is so ancient and yet it, you can read your own heart mm. into these words. Like you're just like, wait, this is, these are my same lines. These are my same yeah. cries. These are my mm-hmm. same laments and how, I don't know, just how similar we all are to each other, way more similar to each yeah. other, you know, then we're different. Um, I love in 71, um, when it, when it says this, as you're saying about prayers that we've all prayed, I love this prayer in 21, 71, 21. Um, Increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. And I, that prayer for increase is one that I pray almost every single day. Just increase. Um, he uses the word my greatness. I use the word capacity. Increase my capacity. Um, and comfort me on every side, like in all of these places where I am not enough. Will you increase me in those places and comfort me in those places that I'll be able to do the work thou hast in mind for me? And I love how gentle the Lord is portrayed in the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. Like, do you love in 71 when it says in verse 6, He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth and you just think about that um, in those parched moments of our life, just that gentle rain that comes down and heals and cleanses and, um, you know, quenches that thirst and whatever it is that we're lacking. I love that that's who he is. Um, in 73.1, it says, truly God is good to Israel. Yeah. And I love the reminder of that. Um, in that fifth section... Um, Psalm 77, uh, that, that line where he says, he's talking about, I, I'm troubled, I complained, mm. my spirit was overwhelmed. That's verse 3, and then it says, Selah. Now, I think the Lord is encouraging lament. He's encouraging confession. He's encouraging a pouring out. In this particular section, though, he also teaches us how to trust and lament at the same time. Mm. Because because here is David writing and saying, um, uh, where it says, I'm so troubled I cannot speak. I can't even tell you what's wrong in verse 4. It makes me think of that um, that line, the songs I cannot sing yeah. or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. I, I, don't, I can't even tell you what's wrong, but something's just wrong and I'm so overwhelmed. And he starts asking these questions in 7. Will the Lord cast me off forever? Is he going to be no more favorable? Is his mercy clean gone? Does his promises fail? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has his, has any is in his anger? Has he shut up all his tender mercies? And then that word pause, and then he says this, um, verse eleven: I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. 
and I will meditate also of all thy work, and I will talk of thy doings. And I, I like that advice, you know, where it was like, listen, if you're in this place of thinking that heaven is closed for business, right? He says, go back to the past for a minute, mm-hmm. pause and remember uh, the doings, the wonders of old. Remember the works of the Lord. Be reminded what his character is like. Be reminded of that line. Where is it? Where he says, I am for you. Mm-hmm. Like find evidences of that in order to ignite your your trust and your hope in him. And I love that thought that in the moments when you are so troubled that you cannot speak, remember. Just sometimes if you can just sit and remember, then um, that comfort will come in yeah. those moments. And I love that so much, the thought of that. Um, I did that same thing this time. Well, is there anything else toward the end that we love? Oh, oh. that 8411. That's um, so good. Okay, and 80... Um, well, yeah, let's go there. Let's go to 8411. Um, 84, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. Who likes calling him the sun? Um, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Mm-hmm. Um, blessed is the man that trusteth in you. Because this is the promise. This is like the what someone can hold on to. Is that yeah. No good thing is, is going to be withheld um and 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 i and i think that's important i think it's important to one of the things the psalms does is it reminds us of the heart and character of god Mm. of who he is and it's so important to come back to it like you were saying that ignite relationship and remember wait this is what he's like this is what he does this is who he is you know and how strengthening that is because that's the purpose of all praise and all lament and all trust is those are all relationship mm. terms and um just one more verse that i love that we that we missed that just kind of jumped out this time to me is that one back in 63 when he says oh god thou art my god and and i had a neighbor of mine this old man and we were sitting talking uh, one time and he just said to me sometimes uh, sometimes in my prayers, I tell God that I trust Him and that I have faith in Him. And, and I, there's something that was really powerful about that and really powerful since then as I've tried to do that same thing in prayer occasionally just to like express and say, like David does here, um, you are my God. Like I, I choose you and I trust you and, I, and I'm going to look to you whatever the circumstances mm. of life look like, like you are my God. I, I just really love that yeah. kind of language. And um, it might be fun after you are done reading this week to sit down and again, write your own Psalm, just the words that you need in your life right now. I'm going to read you some of the ones that we loved. Um, and some will be familiar because we've talked about them, but some you might want to discover on your own. Make me to hear joy and gladness. This I know, God is for me. My soul followeth hard after thee. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Who doesn't (laughs) want that right now? He will deliver him that hath no helper. Thou art my strong refuge. Increase my greatness. God who only doeth wondrous things. God is the strength of my heart. 
Thou art the God that doest wonders. The, it says that like four times in these chapters, which I love. I could have written it down every time. The Lord will give grace. No good thing will he withhold from them. The Lord will give that which is good. And just so many reminders of the character of God and how he will show up in a life, which I love that about the Psalms right now. Yeah, and that you can trust him with your burden. Like you can mm. trust him with your concerns. You can yeah. like, like he's not going to shy away from it. He's not going to think it's disgusting or revolt. He's going to like, when you mm. hand it over to him, whatever that burden is, that he's going to gently, he's going to come into that with yeah. you and, and carry that burden. Yep. So many good things. All right. One more week of Psalms next week. Are you loving it? We hope. Okay. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.